with another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. Uh, today, I am your host, Brendan. The new, what the fuck is going on, man? <laughs> uh, that, that That's a visual joke for you guys. Um, today, I am your host, Brendan. The new blood. And you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there. You know, there's a lot of them out there. But there's one thing that ours has in particular that no other podcast in the world can say that they have. A real live ghost. To my right, we have Ian with two E's, the ghost of Ian. Ghost of Ian, a baby Casper himself. How's it going, Brennan? Good. How are you doing? I liked, I loved the hype up, by the way. <laughs> I, I thought about that in the shower like two hours ago. I um, love that you're thinking of me in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> it's honestly a blessing. Uh, what have you been up to? Um, well, I started an absolute Batman tear uh, for no apparent reason. Uh, after the cast last week, I got off. And that was... That's another visual joke for you guys out there. <laughs> it's my Jim Carrey impression at the end of uh, Forever. But he's like, it's I'm bad. <laughs> Sorry, it's really good. Um, but yeah, no apparent reason. I was just like, I'm going to watch like every Batman movie ever. So I um, watched nine films in the past week. Um, just been doing that, honestly. Um, no, no reading material. It was just Batman. Just Batman, literally just Batman. Did I did I see that you had a Forever on there? Uh yes. What what was sure your did. what was because I feel like you guys had some discourse about that, but I think I missed it. Um, oof. Uh, so Where do we begin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Ian. So Batman Forever, I gave a seven out of ten with a heart, um, because it was. A ridiculously fun film, and uh, I love Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne and Batman. So uh, you can eat my shorts. You heard it here, folks. Eat his shorts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I watched um, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, and that's a fantastic movie. That's that's absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm working up from. Uh, Batman 1989, um, and then I'm just going up. Uh, but that was like a mega highlight of my week for sure. Um, fantastic animation. The score is ridiculous. It's it's honestly too good. The score is way too good. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just fantastic. It's a fantastic film. Nice. Now, at, at what point will you change your... Um... When, when you're on Discord and your thing's on Do Not Disturb, it says currently reading a Junji Ito. Um, when are you going to change that to... Uh, to uh, currently Arkham? sucking Batman's dick. <laughs> <laughs> I got to change it right after, I guess. I, I didn't even think of that. Didn't even think of it. Uh, but First it was Junji Ito, now it's Batman. It's a lot of dick sucking. Um, but also with us is a man who I have a less interesting quip for um the man with the fresh cut is that a fresh buzz it is okay yeah it looks fresh man uh kyle with 
okay. My intro got so less hype. It's uh, yeah, I know. On another <laughs> level. I was hoping you would go f- like fully commit to it and just be like, and our other host, Kyle. <laughs> That's what I was hoping you would do, but you gave me a little bit of an intro, and I appreciate it. Um, I, uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I've been also sucking the old Batman's D, as they call it. Um, I've been restarting the Arkham uh, trilogy of games uh, on uh, the old Xbox. Uh, Batman Arkham Asylum is what I'm currently playing now, and I'm going through that. It's a lot of fun. I haven't played Asylum in a long time. City is my favorite, and I've played that every couple of years since it's it's released. And Night, I play... Like, like I will go into Night, like my save file that I have at the end of the game, just to kind of like fly around, drive the Batmobile, and just fuck dudes up um, on like a semi-annual basis. So um, Night's always cool, but Asylum I haven't played in such a long time. There's even a few things I've... Uh, kind of forgotten and uh it still holds up it's a great game um i love playing it on xbox because they have the um fps boost so it runs like a series x game even though it's an older game and it just looks really really good and for those who don't give a fuck about frame rates it's because they haven't experienced the glory of what a 60 frame (laughs) game could be so you know playing your play your 30 frames a second games that's fine that's fine. If you don't know any better, then you don't know any better. But if you experience one and then go back to the other, it makes it almost unplayable. Uh, that being said, um, I also watched Batman Returns, which is the second film in the uh, Tim Burton films of Batman movies, which I also have not seen in a very long time. Um, I love that movie. It still holds up. Which one is that? That's the one with, is that with Schwarzenegger. No. That's uh, like two two films later. Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman and Danny DeVito as I don't think I've I don't think I've seen that one. You don't like Tim Burton, so you probably won't like it. But um, I like his movies, but not all of his movies. But he does make some some pretty good films, in my opinion. Uh, But Batman Returns is awesome. It's kooky. It's more of a Catwoman movie and a Penguin movie than uh, a Batman movie. But it's good. I like it. And uh, don't listen to these guys. And then uh, what else? I watched... Um, uh, actually, no. I think that's that. That's kind of it. Um, I haven't been doing too much. I'm getting prepared for Mitch's wedding where he's sending me pictures and teases of what's going to be um, supposedly a crazy gothic party. So it should be interesting. Oh. should be interesting going up there this week to Pine Top. So... And uh, I'll go ahead and just put this on the recording now because she won't hear it until afterwards, but I'll be proposing to Dom. So this episode will release after it happens. So, hey, babe, shout out to that moment. Am I right? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Do you know know when you're doing it? Uh, No, I don't. I'm just going to fly by the seat of my zipper. I guess. Are you guys uh, doing anything? Are you guys like uh, sightseeing or anything while you're out there? Yeah, there's like a bunch of shit. So we got a um, a cabin, um, an Airbnb cabin to rent on Mulholland Drive. Yes, that happened. So we uh, rented that. It's like 10 minutes away from Hitch's venue wedding. And then 
yeah, we just planned out like a, like a bunch of little things that we could walk to and bars and restaurants that we can go visit and um, some little like sightseeing stuff. And so when it happens, when I know it's right, it'll, it'll just show itself. So Nice. Well, but, yeah. I'm excited for Dom to finally become my mom. There you go. <laughs> um, Brendan, my son, uh, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, thank you, Dad. Uh, I... I, oh, I watched Hulu Hellraiser. <laughs> oh yeah, talk to me about that. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, as as you guys all know, because we we covered this quite a while ago, none of us really liked the first Hellraiser. Um, yeah, it's all right. And uh, I liked it. I mean, Batman Returns is better for sure. But <laughs> wait, I thought we're, I thought we were unanimous about not liking it. No, I, think, I, I definitely like I think you and I were more on that page. I think oh, we okay. all kind of agreed that the special effects were like next tier or top yeah, yeah. tier. Okay. Okay, uh, next okay. level shit. But um, I, uh, yeah. go ahead. Um, and I, I feel like what people forget when people hear Hellraiser, all they think about are the Cenobites because that's slowly what the movie came to be all the franchise became to be all about. But there's there's very little Cenobite in the first Hellraiser. Um, and I liked how how reserved they were with the usage of the Cenobites in the new one. Um, I thought that the story that they set up for the main characters, um, you know, finding the, the Lament configuration and um, how it affects them, I thought that was a really interesting setup and I think that the Cenobite designs were fucking amazing. And for what it's worth, the the trans woman that plays um uh Pinhead. Yeah, what what's he the, the Doom Priest. The Doom Priestess. Oh, Doom I think that's Priest. I think that's what her actual what the actual that's, character yeah. name is. Yeah. Um she did an amazing job. She did I mean, Doug Bradley in the first one is kinda flat, honestly. Um, like he's not I'll bad, take. but it's like nothing to fucking. It's like nothing to fucking write home about. So, I th I think her name is Jamie Taylor. I'm probably very off with that. Um, I thought she did an amazing job, and I had someone unfriend me on Facebook because of my review. Facebook? You posted yeah. it on Facebook. I I just Facebook I I post 2022. Right. <laughs> People post things on Facebook. I that guess. Are like, 50 years old and plus. Okay. That's, but um, she anyway. looks cool though in Hellraiser. Yeah. I do yeah. like the way she, she looks. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a cool design. A lot of people are saying it looks very plastic, plasticky, but the majority of the time that you're seeing the Cenobites is under moonlight for the most part. Um, and I think for it being under moonlight, it looks like it's lit by the moon. I, I, I don't get what people are so pissed off about lit by the moon um her skin does look like elastic elasticy or whatever but i mean it doesn't look fake or bad it yeah. just looks like a, a choice i guess i mean i don't know it doesn't look bad to me but well, fuck it i enjoyed it i think people should should give it a watch it reminds me of the um the cgi in fuck you're next. No, not you're next. What's that gamer movie where if they die in the Stay game, alive. they die in real life? Stay alive. It reminds alive. me of uh, the Which girl we also covered. Alive. Go check that out. Yes. Yes. 
Um, like but the I eyes feel like and the skin complexion. Yeah. Um, I I feel like Hulu Hellraiser is all I have to talk about. Um, oh, Do you guys no. like Blonde Camp? What's that? Go ahead. Neil? Brendan, I thought you were done. Sorry. Uh, I forgot. I 100% at a game last night for the first time ever. Yeah, boy. Yes. Which um, game? Uh, the game was called Inside. I don't know who it was written and directed by. I, I don't know. I don't know who it was made. I don't know who it was made by. God, I should know this too. I think it's Play Dead Games. Wow. Okay. Um, Talk about it. Was there. so. I I don't play a lot of. I actually I never play side scrollers. Um, play Dead. Nor do I really try and play puzzle games too much because I'm not at the most smartest when it comes to that stuff. Not at the most. Um, so so. <laughs> I was talking. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I was talking to a lady at work, and I went up to one of the managers, and I was like, "Is that lady um, Italian?" She was like speaking to me in an Italian accent. She was like, "The labels are don't print on the items," and I was like, "Yo, she's got to be Italian." And he was like, "No, she's Portuguese." I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, tell those geese to get off that porch." Classic mistakes. Um, <laughs> apparently, they have the same like English accent. Or I'm just delusional. So or inside, yeah, dude, it was fun. I don't play a lot of side scrollers like that, so I'm not sure if backtracking is a thing in a lot of games like this. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I'd say it started okay. with like Castlevania kind of stuff. You backtrack okay. a lot, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I really. The puzzles weren't too difficult. Uh, there, you know, a few of them stumped me for a good like five minutes. Um, but the honestly, I ju- I just have no clue what was going on. I I even I did go back. I found out how to access the hidden ending. Um, so I went back and I did that as well. Um, I never would have figured that out. Um, yeah, I don't know what the game was about. Yeah, it's 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 weird, man. It's weird. I um yeah, the puzzles are like just like they're some of them are tricky, but they're just not hard enough to where you actually still feel like accomplished when you figure it out on your own. Yeah. Um I just love the art design and from the very beginning of the game, like it has like a very like um James and the Giant Peach if it was like or like the Iron Giant or uh, is that what it's called the Iron Giant? It kind of looks like that art style yes, in yes, a weird yes. way. But um, from the very beginning when like like the guys are trying to capture you in the trucks and they're transporting people in the vehicles and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And um, you get into the lat Like it just – it had me from the start and I wanted to know – like I couldn't put it down. I wanted to know what was happening. And then the end, I was just like, what is – happening a lot like the theory that i like a lot that i want to kind of roll with as my own canon is that i mean they were performing a lot of studies in this lab we don't know what to the extent of like what they were trying to do but i have a feeling like mind control is obviously a huge it plays a huge part in this story and they were extracting this ability from this giant like that blob right Mm -hmm. like the, the power of mind control and I feel like, because everybody else is trying to 
kind of get out in the game aside from, you know, the people that are working at the lab. But as a kid, there really is no reason for you to go into that lab. So like the main theory is that the blah was able to link with this kid and get him to break into the lab to set him free essentially. So, so the whole time that you're playing, you're playing under the control of the blob. Like he's like he has you under mind control the whole time. And uh, dude, it's just it's a trip and I just love that game and um their next game comes out really soon and the trailer's already out and it looks really cool, but you know, I in in complete honesty, I almost shut it off after 10 minutes because i i didn't find the opening um engaging mm-hmm. um but once it goes from you once you get to the cornfield and you know it, it's pouring down rain and you um you find that little bunker that's when i was sold like when yeah. i found the bunker i was like oh okay there's something really interesting here and then you you get to the pig farm or no uh the ducks the those those ducks i thought that was, i thought it was gonna suck the ducks up and, and kill uh them. and kill them yeah because i once i once i knew what to do i was like uh i know what i have to do but i don't have the strength to do it um i'm glad so i'm glad it didn't kill the little duckies um, yeah no i i would highly recommend this game it's it took me two hours to beat and then once I realized that I missed the first and the third achievement, I went back and I played one chapter one, two, and three again. Um, so it was it was really fun. It was so weird. It was so weird. Yeah, I think just on a final note, just when you're playing as that specific thing at the end, and like mm-hmm. you're like crashing through, and everybody's running, and like the set piece and the design of that whole s- moment is just so cool to me. I actually I thought, think you would really like it, Ian, because it's like, like the art style is like the animation is really cool. Like it really reminds me of like a late '90s, early 2000s like cartoon. It's really cool. Yeah, it looks really cool, and uh, I like weird. Yeah, it's so, weird. You like and if it's only two hours long, I'll definitely, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, definitely. Is, is it on the Game Pass, Brendan? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then honestly, great. honestly, you could probably beat it in. In an hour and a half. Yeah, it's it's really short. Um, yeah, my thing was just at the point that I realized that there was like one achievement, I guess, per chapter or per level, whatever you want. Um, I took a lot more time to make sure that I was very thorough in every room just to make sure that I was finding it. Um, but yeah, super fun. Highly recommend. I don't play for achievements, so it'll take me probably like... 30 minutes to be there. <laughs> it will be less for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but today we are here to discuss the sorry, the 1982 film Creep Show. Uh, have we done an 82 before? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Good year. That's when the thing came out, right? All right. So then let's take a, you guys like my time machine sound effect? I do. Mitch, don't cover it up with a new one. <laughs> um, so yeah, 1982 was a very good year um, for horror. Well, the, the greatest movie in the Halloween franchise, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Dude, stop. 
lying to people. I said it. Uh, slumber party. You slumber don't party actually like that movie. I do. I fucking love that movie. I, I, mean, I don't fight it, Brendan. I'll let you. Tell I'll me, let you I shouted from the rooftops. Oh, <laughs> uh, we also have the Slumber Party Massacre. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but I I highly enjoy that. I have not. I've only seen the new one, like the reboot. I still haven't. I still haven't seen that. It's it's your fucking tea, I think, man. You really should watch it. I thought it was. Okay. I thought it was entertaining, but I think I think you're gonna like it more than me for sure. Fair, fair. Um, the thing, Ian, like you said, we got the thing, the thang, the thang, the thang. Uh, pol- pol- uh, I almost said poultrygeist. Jesus, we got poltergeist. Um, poltergeist. Yo, why isn't there a poultrygeist though? Like. There that's is like a Thanksgiving horror. Oh, okay. There is. Wait, no. I was oh, say, that's that, like a, a million dollar idea right there. Thanks Killing Three is colon poultry geist. Oh, I own that movie. I never looked at the at the cover though. Well, yet. One of them is poultry geist. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Um, gotcha. Also, we got uh, Lucio Fulci's The New York Ripper, which I'm going to see in 35 millimeter next week, and I'm very excited for that. Flex, cool though. Flex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other, uh, any other movies from '82 that stick out to you guys? Absolutely, ha- the absolutely. best. You go first. You the go first. best Sylvester Stallone film of all time, First Blood. Not of all time, I don't think. Uh, that's, no, a, that, that... that's an interesting. Ah, uh, that's. Oh, is know. that no? Fight me. Fight me. I didn't know because I, I Cobra, honestly wasn't Cobra's into his best. Cobra's. I have not best. seen Cobra though. I have not seen Cobra. Cobra's good. Um, I did not think he was a good actor until I watched that film, and then I was like, "Wow, this dude is fucking acting his chops off." And it made I mean, that it's 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 a very um I don't know that that movie just hits me really deep. Really have you not seen Rocky? Yeah, like uh, <laughs> the oh Academy Award winning film. Um, gotcha. Yeah, of course I've seen. Of course I've seen. Dude, I love Rocky. Rocky the. I, oh, I I was just thinking about it. Rocky is a good fucking movie. Honestly, great. Like, I'm surprised. You guys, you guys do like First Blood? I'm surprised. No, 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 I do no, like First, First Blood. Blood okay, okay. Yeah, but I'm surprised you like Rocky, Brennan. That comes off to me like a movie where you would think it's too hyped, and or it's too like Hollywood, and it's no, too. I, I don't think it's I ha- Hollywood though. I I have a very personal connection to the movie. Um, gotcha. So I I think that there's um. I I appreciate the first one and the second one, and I could fuck off with the rest of them. Some people say Rocky Three is the best. Which is the one with uh um. Wolf. Dolph Lundgren. Lund- That's Dolph Lund- Gendron. Okay. Okay. The- Creed is in two. Two. Right. He's in one. He's in uh, one. He- I'm getting him mixed up now. Yeah. Doesn't Which, matter. We, the, the 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 first one and the one with Ivan Drago. Yeah. Are are my are my two favorites. Honestly, yeah, I've never seen a single Rocky movie, so I can't comment on it. Bruh, Rocky is like the all-time feel-good story, man. It is, it is, it is deserving of the praise it gets, in my opinion. I think Rocky's a great movie. I will but. agree that it is properly rated. Yeah. Neither over so. nor under. Yeah, I agree with that statement for sure. 
Uh, but let's not um, forget about one of the best slashers of all time, Pieces. Guys. Oh, if yes. you haven't seen yes. Pieces, yes. please go watch it. It's one of Ian's favorite films. And um, <laughs> oh my God. there it, is a nice dong in that movie. And there I there is there is nice. it's like it's like part giallo, part kung fu, uh, part <laughs> part teen slasher. Uh, it's like a mix, like part like there's so much shit in that. You you gotta watch it. It's a lot of shit. Bad job, Sue. <laughs> um, and then of course backs, uh, basket case. You can't That's go wrong with basket case. But um, two other very notable um, horror films, The Entity, which is based on a true story, and then um, The Dark Crystal. I'm going to count that as a, as a horror movie. Never that movie frightened me. Never seen The Dark Crystal. you never seen The Dark Crystal? Never seen The Dark Crystal. Holy snikes. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's like Jim Henson's like top-tier shit, right? I mean, that and uh, The Labyrinth. Those are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know The Labyrinth very well. Yeah, yeah not, not Dark Crystal is solid. Dark Crystal is solid. It's very creepy. It like, scared the shit out of me as a kid, man. I had nightmares for a week after that. Yeah, those pod people. The like e every animal, like every creature in that film is just creepy as frick, bro. Wasn't there a remake or like a reboot or something? So I think there was like a Netflix series that came out. Mm -hmm. So I uh, assume you guys didn't watch that. No, no. I, I it was it, the the Netflix is anime, right? No, I think it was. I think so. I think it was live action. Mm. Yeah, puppets. Yeah. Yeah, check that one out. Check that one out. It's not as good as the labyrinth, but it's good. Um, so eighty two was a was a good year for horror. I think we can all agree on that one. Did you say Poltergeist? Yeah, because remember Poltergeist. We had a whole conversation <laughs> about it. <laughs> Which that's a movie I don't particularly care for. Jesus Christ. Uh, Poltergeist? It's I. I haven't I seen it in a very long time, I but I remember growing up not being that into it. Yeah, that into it. Yeah, it was all right. That was one of the first uh, like series I watched with my mom growing up, um, where we would go to Best Buy or uh, Blockbuster. Man, I almost forgot the the store name. Uh, we would go to Blockbuster and pick out um, the whole entire series and then just watch them. That's sick as fuck. Good memories. It is a mid-ass movie, though. <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> What's all the discourse about people saying that it's not directed by? Like people keep saying the director's someone else. What is that? I Do you guys know what I'm talking Toby about? Toby Hooper. Right. It's Toby Hooper, but people are like, it's Steven Spielberg who directed that, and everybody's like, like know, just it like kind of feels are, like a Steven Spielberg movie. Oh, because because okay. people are like we're like raving over Twitter about mm -hmm. how everybody was saying Steven Spielberg directed it, and like they're like you, you fucking morons, it's Toby Huber, and like everybody was like going at each other for it, and I was just sitting back and going like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> hmm. I guess you had to be there. I thought you guys would know what I was talking about, but never mind. No, no. no Carry on. <laughs> but today, like I said, we are here to talk about. 1982's Creep Show, an American horror comedy anthology film directed by George Arnold Romero. My boy. Um, and written by Stephen King. This was uh, Stephen King's screenwriting debut. Obviously, Ooh. he had had some novels and short stories that were adapted but this is the first time he actually wrote a script uh there is quite the ensemble cast for this film with hal holbrook 
um, Adrian Barbeau, who's in The Fog, and um, oh, there's another, there's a Kyle movie that she's in, um, Grease. Um, she's, I got you. She's, she's in um, something else. Um, Leslie Nielsen, R.I.P. Love that um, guy. He's dead? I think so. <laughs> I don't know if he's dead. Um, <laughs> pretty sure. Yes, yeah, he died in uh, 2010. Damn, I missed it. Good year, though. Good great, great year. <laughs> um, the film... As with uh, most George Romero films, uh, the film was primarily shot on location in Pittsburgh and its suburbs, including Monroeville, which is where, um, obviously, uh, Jesus Christ, what's a uh, Night of the Living Dead? Or um, no, what's the, what's the one that takes place in the mall? Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Dawn one of the, of the most popular horror movies of all time. And, and I forget forgot the name, name of the title. Uh, creep show what <laughs> uh shout out to pennsylvania dude pennsylvania shout out fucking my mom's from pennsylvania fucking pittsburgh bro i love me some pittsburgh, pittsburgh. Um, uh creep show is an homage to the ec horror comics of the 1950s uh kyle you might know a little bit more about those um such all. as tales from the crypt the vault of horror and the haunt of fear um, I take it back. I actually know all three of those things. Oh, okay. okay. So go ahead. Uh, and the film was uh, the the practicals uh, were done by Tom Savini. Uh, Tom Hell Savini yeah, they were. is absolutely amazing. We all know tons of his work. My favorite role of his in particular <laughs> is um, the biker in From Dusk Till Dawn, where oh, he has the, the yeah. where, he, where he has the For penis sure. gun. Um. So let's get into it. Uh, I'm personally, I've never read an EC comic. Um, Kyle, you said you're at least uh, familiar with it. But so, uh, Kyle, I'll start with you. Was this your, this was your first time seeing Creep Show, correct? Yes, that is correct. Sorry if I like clear my throat a lot. My throat really hurts right now. Um, first time. And uh, it, it wasn't until recently that I actually even knew it was an anthology movie. But um, I love watching, I love discovering George A. Romero movies that are um, outside of his his usual zombie genre because they're always like weird and um, kind of kooky. And they all have a very like, they look low low budget even though they're not. Kind of like he has a very specific style of filming where he almost like it seems like he tries to use his little resources from other people as possible he tries to do everything on his own almost or within his group of friends which is why tom savini was probably doing the makeup which he probably didn't charge very much for because they're like super tight but tell you what georgie i'll do it for free i assume that's (laughs) what he sounds like yeah exactly um but yeah no uh it was my first time watching it and it's weird because for this movie i've never seen a movie that i've enjoyed so much that I almost have very little to say about <laughs> if that makes sense but um I don't know if we're getting into first impressions or whatever um yeah yeah hit hit hit, hit me with your first thoughts <laughs> um I did like this movie I thought it was fun um like I said um I like seeing George Romero's work especially stuff I haven't seen and um I would add it to my collection I think and where where'd you watch it 
I um I watched it on Apple TV. I rented it for two ninety nine, and um I would buy it. They have a really cool Scream Factory cover, mm-hmm. um, and I thought it was cool. I I really dug the whole. I mean, in what you're wearing right now, it had a very like goosebumps feel to it. Um, I like the aesthetic and the comic approach. I thought it was I thought it was entertaining. It had a very like kid-like nature to it without it going full like G PG-13 on it. Like mm-hmm. it was an R-rated movie with like a whimsical kid-like kind of feel. It almost felt like a bunch of Scooby-Doo episodes in a way, especially with the monsters. But um yeah, no I liked it and uh, I would add it to my collection. Ian, have you uh seen it before? No, honestly, I thought this was Tales of the Crypt. <laughs> like, uh, I, I could very much confuse this with uh, Tales of the Crypt, which is the movie that I watched and um, instead of this one. So going <laughs> 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 to be a little confused on this episode. Um, but no, I, I um, watched this. Um, where, Kyle, where did you watch it? Apple TV. Me too. Yeah, me too. I definitely watched <laughs> Apple TV. For, you yes. paid $2.99 as well? No, I paid twenty two ninety nine. Did you pay twenty nine? Me too. Okay, um, I paid two ninety nine. <laughs> you paid two ninety nine. Um, I would not add this to my collection. I th- think this film. I don't know. It's it. It was a little too hyped up for mm. me. I mean, it's a very it's a very hyped up film. Like it's it's every horror fans like one of their favorites, right? Like for anthologies. Um, especially Creepshow 2 and then Tale of the Crypt. Um, I, I think I was a little underwhelmed. Um, I was too. I was very underwhelmed, if if I'm being honest. But Yeah. yeah. Um, I was expecting something uh, a little different, but uh, I, I, it was fine. I think the all of the the um, stories are, like, very mediocre, and they're, they're, they're fine. They're fine. Okay. I... Have I watched? I used to own this on DVD. I do not anymore for some reason. I don't know where it went. Um, I used to love this movie. I used to think it was really fun. And then going back for this watch, I found it kind of boring. Um, but I, uh, Kyle, I'm going to steal your word. I love the whimsical nature of it. It toes that line of feeling like something that was written. It feels like a comic book that was written for teenagers, um, told through the lens of a teenager a little bit. Um, But I I love how stylized it is. I think whenever they break the norms of uh, putting a colorful background on something or all of a sudden the lights go from regular lighting to harsh reds and purples and stuff, I really enjoy um, that aspect of it. So, if it's cool with you guys, I liked how we did uh, the VHS 2, where basically, since there are six, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, since there's um six stories in here, I think, um, Kyle, I would like to start with you this time. Um, I think I got do, my... Do you, want me to, do you want me to go first? Have We should do what we did with VHS and just yeah, go just off do one person's list. Yeah, go off of Ian's list, and then we'll say where we were. Well, I, didn't, I didn't make a list. I was in the bathroom. I was well, in the bathroom. <laughs> okay. I'll, 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 I also I'll, didn't make a summary for any of them. 
I'll, I'll do it. No, that's for ABCs of death that you need okay. to do that. 26. 26? 24? 26. I was in the bathroom. Sounds like Don Knotts. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Okay, so we will start with my number six uh, and see where that would possibly land for you guys. Um, I can't wait to four. You're what? Five. Hold on. There's, there's the prologue, Father's Day, mm-hmm. Jody Verrill, the the ocean one, the crate, and then the cockroach. Gotcha. Which one's the lonesome death of Jody Verrill again? That's the Stephen King. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Cool. I'm ready. Okay. So starting at my number six, um, it is the prologue slash epilogue uh, starring Tom Atkins and Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son, um, who is actually a, an amazing novelist as well. Um, where did pro slash epilogue land for you guys, Ian? Um, number six, you guys know how much I love the, uh, reach rounds. Um, <laughs> so, um, this was fine. It was fine. I liked seeing Tom Savini. I liked seeing, um, uh, what's his name? Dude from, uh, Halloween three. Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. Yeah. Tom Atkins. Yeah. I like seeing him. He plays he looks such like a, a lot dad. less of a hunk in this than he does he in does, Halloween yeah. 3. Or in like anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, he looks, looks like a villain. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, Sorry, but it's fine. <laughs> to whatever. So I assume that's you giving it a 6? I would give it like a 5. So this is 5th on your list? It is oh no it's it's number six but like number, number six. okay okay yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. okay yeah, it's number six kyle where does pro slash epilogue land for you um this is number six as well i do like the ending though the ending was cool i wasn't expecting that um the transition in from prologue to the first story was really neat with the comic book and the trash and now the yep. you know it, it, it was very like i said it was very goosebumpsy it for as bored as I was for most of this movie, I did have a smile on my face for a lot of it. Um, but I fucking hate Tom Atkins. <laughs> I, know the, I know the horror community loves him. I get it. I get it. I don't get it, but I get it. Um, I I, I want to headbutt this guy. I do. But um, but like maybe hug him afterwards though. Definitely hug him afterwards. Um, I seems sorry. like he would have a hairy chest. Oh, he hundred oh, percent yeah. has a hairy chest. Oh yeah, big balls too. Like I feel like his balls, <laughs> big drink, nuts. Like his like, balls like are his bigger balls than his dick, lower than his dick. Like hundred <laughs> percent. Like almost um, to his knees. Yeah, like halfway. Yeah, he has big balls for sure. Um, but that being said, uh, I did enjoy the reach around. Um, <laughs> I like the intro <laughs> and. Overall, to me, I like I thought the like the epilogue, the epilogue almost pushed it higher into five, but um, I'm gonna have to keep it at six. And like Ian said, shout out to Tom Savini, love that guy, he's always great. Um, yeah, I just like seeing him like yeah. on screen. I don't know, it's something about him, he just looks so 
like East Coast New Yorker, like blue collar vibe. Like he just looks so cool. Yeah, I love him too. So that means that the prologue is at six, six, and six for all of us. Look at that. Hail Satan. Um, rock on. What? But to go against, oh look at Sophie. Uh, to go against Kyle's, uh, he he liked the ending. I liked the beginning when Tom Atkins is uh, yelling at his kids because I just <laughs> love when people yell at children in films. That fucking handprint bruise that's on Joe Hill's face. Oh yeah, that was. Oh my, that was God. a nice slap. You think he actually slapped? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was '82. It might have happened. It might have happened. Could you imagine Tom Watermelon Atkins pulling Stephen King aside and being like, hey, so I got an idea. I want to take this method. Tom's a method. I want to, for sure. I want to yeah. slap your child in the fucking face. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, you know Tom was 100% drinking. Like, when he was carrying that, like, that was a real booze. Like, you know it yeah. was. Like, yeah. When he Sorry. sits down, cracks that beer open, that's probably his fucking fifth of the day. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, number five for me is I actually want to get the full correct title. Um, the Lonesome Death of Jody Jordy Viral. Um I like the idea of it, but I just hate Stephen King as an actor. He is I hate what he's doing, I hate the choices he's making. Um and my favorite moment is when he uses a bottle of vodka to uh uh to stir his vodka OJ. Shout out to Popoff, man. Oh man, me and Popoff have a very close relationship. Not so much anymore, but we go back. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, so actually uh hit me with uh what Kyle where this um would land for you. Now, I know this one can probably be a little divisive because you're either gonna fucking be annoyed as shit. From his facial expressions and his acting and his delivery and all that stuff. I found it kind of funny and entertaining. Um, I have this at number four on my list. Um, one, because I just like Stephen King so much. So I'm a little biased, but I liked the... Um, I like the like the makeup and the design of what he was turning into. I like his death, which was pretty cool. And I just liked his over-the-top delivery in 90% of the scenes. I thought it was fun. And I like the edit transitions from him going to that office back to his house and like that kind of stuff and like what he was picturing. It was just, I don't know, it was really silly. And um, it held my attention more than a, a couple of the other ones for sure. But um, I liked it. It's my number four. Ian? So coming out of this one, um, while watching the film, I hated it. I gave it a four out of ten. Um, but, but it is my number five. It is my number five. Um, I think that Stephen King's acting was um, wildly over the top and like super hick and uh, pretty entertaining. I low-key hated it, but it was it was entertaining. Um and I think I like this a little more now that it's sat with me, um, just because like this is a um, this movie does like pay homage to those fifties um, yeah. um, comic books, and like it's not uncommon for like a wacky character like that to be in one of those, especially in the fifties. So I think his acting was um, while it was over the top, uh, it was. Um, 
it was fine. I think it was warranted for like what he was going for. Um, but I think it was just boring. I think this, this short was just boring. I think it's cool because Stephen King and George Romero, like they were probably the kids that read these things. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, I think it was cool that they got to make this. Like they were, like they were probably super stoked about it. We'll get Stephen King on the show and we'll ask him about it. So yeah. 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 Well, uh, Kyle, Kyle, you'll text him when we're done. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Um, number four for your thoughts. Oh, I gave it, I I said five. Yeah, I did. You said okay. five. Um, I said that uh, I Stephen King's acting. I wasn't a big fan of it, and I liked how we used the the pop off bottle to yeah. oh, stir yeah. the, yeah. the OJ. Um, number four for me is Father's Day. Just give the man his fucking cake. You know, give the man his cake. Come on. Um, I loved seeing Ed Harris in this. Um. Mm. As well as someone in a later segment, which we'll talk about later. Um, Ed Harris, who's um, only known for his other film, Mother, um, is... Uh, I, I love Ed Harris. I don't know about you guys. I don't think that man can do any bad. Um, but this story just... I didn't find it entertaining, but I loved the uh, the creature, the zombie design. I thought that, that was dopling. That has the maggots dripping off of it. Um, Yes. Uh, did Ed Harris even have a line in this? I do not remember him. Oh, yeah. Talking. Yeah. Yeah. He had lines. Lines? Plural? Yeah. <laughs> I do not remember uh, words coming out of his mouth in, in this entire short. Also, when you're that sexy, do you really need to say anything? I was just looking at his tight ass jeans, bro. God, and full head of hair. Woo. He must have lost it like a couple years later, though, because he's been yeah. bald like his entire life. <laughs> um, Ian, where does uh, Father's Day sit for you? Ooh, Father's Day. Father's Day. This is number two for me. Um, I liked it quite a bit. Um, the uh, practicals looked um, awesome. I think Ed Harris's death was really shitty. I think that was probably my my least favorite part of this uh, short. How, but how did I win? I was exactly. really hopped up on the sequel last night. So, exactly. or not the sequel, Nyquil. Oh, Nyquil. Um, the he fell into the grave, and then the headstone like was falling uh, on him. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the zombie d- dad was there, and he like couldn't move. It was, I didn't like it. Didn't yeah. like it, for, especially for a sexy man like him. Come on. Um, but the acting was really funny in this one, and uh, especially Richard, I think, was the brother, right? Mm-hmm. Am I wrong on that one? Okay. Uh, his, his, oh my God, at the end, when he was like inhaling, he was like, oh my God, it was, uh, <laughs> really fucking hilarious. Um, and yeah, the dad, the dad looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of the, um, practicals and monsters in this, uh, film just look fantastic and big shout out to Tom Savini. Like without him, I think this would, this would not appeal to me uh, as much as it does. Father's Day was my number four. Wait, is there six? Yeah, there's six. six. Okay, so it was my number five. <laughs> um, number it was right under prologue. But um, this is the one I found the most boring. The um, What felt like one-hour story the mom was explaining in the beginning of the thing just was of no interest to me whatsoever. 
And um, I just, if it wasn't for the dad and the cool creature design, I probably would say just remove this entire segment from the movie. Um, but the last like part of it was really cool. Um, I do like the twisting of the head. Um, oh, that was and, fantastic. Yeah, that was dope as fuck. And uh, kind of like Ian said, if it wasn't for Tom Savini's magic, a lot of these segments would not be as good as they are, in my opinion. But um, yeah, this this one I don't have much to say on it. I just didn't. I I found it pretty boring. So also disco dancing at Harris. I mean, oh that, that I had to give it a two. Had to give it a two. The, that is a pro. the the only line that I wrote for this segment was Ed Harris dance. Yeah, um, it's the only I'll line you really needed to write down, to be honest. And it's the only line he said: "Ed Harris dance." Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I love. I could watch him uh, light a matchstick any day. Oh, okay, yeah. He lights yeah, up his so match weird. on like everything on set. <laughs> like every scene, he's lighting it on something else. Like, what is this? Where does he get these matches? First of all, second of all, like how does he do that? He like <laughs> smokes during the the story, and then he smokes outside. He's, and like, then, <laughs> like, he's like doing it on trees and statues and cars <laughs> and like fucking fireplaces. The guy's a G, dude. Uh, Oh, and I like the um the borders along the the story when it was being told. Mm-hmm. I I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was it was like super eighties and like um I think um what's the word style outdated, but I, I I liked it. I thought it was it was it it was added like to to the style that they were going for. They've they've had recent films that have done that like comic booky story stuff, right? For horror, yeah, like uh, Kick Ass. Um, no, but like horror wise, I feel like there's something oh, that, like, Just I feel like there's something like pretty big that there there done this there week. is. I I know what you're in talking the last 10 about. Years. Was it the, also the stories from a, from, from some, some scary some stories to tell in the dark? Scary stories. Uh, I, don't I don't think did so. that you come with that? No, I thought it was cool though. Um, have you? Uh, have you? I meant to ask this earlier. Have you guys seen the the Shutter TV series? No, no. Oh, okay, I I enjoy that. Um. Anyways, on to my number three, the crate. Kyle, where does uh, the crate land for you? Uh, the crate. We're on four. We're on four. We're on four. No, we just did four. Was Father's Day. We did six. Yes. Pro five. Jordy Vera. Four. Oh, we are on three. We're on three. You know what? I'm I'm getting my my numbers mixed up with yours. Okay. Okay. So we're on three? (laughs) Three. The crate. Okay. Well, you talk to me about it first. It's your number three. Shoot. Um I I really like the main guy in it, uh, Hal Holbrook. I think that um, I love his acting, and I've seen him in other things before, but I honestly don't remember what I've seen him in. Um, the other movie that Adrian Barbeau is in is Escape from L.A. Escape. Are you talking about the the girl? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's New from York. New York. Yeah. New York. New York. Yeah. yeah, she's the girl um, with the. She's the bitch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just this it's this segment reminds me of those old the older comedians in like the eighties and nineties who would hinge their fucking jokes around I fucking hate my wife so much, that goddamn this, bitch. It's exact dude, that whole hinging on that thing is the whole yeah. reason why I always go, sounds like my ex wife. Yeah, exactly. Like, it all goes back to that kind of mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Um that, so like, I, 
Yeah. It's it's so it's so funny and so stupid and so ridiculous. And the fact that he gets his wife to come down to the college to help him was by saying that the other guy raped and then beat the shit out of a woman and now she's stuck under the stairs and he needs her help. Like And she was I, never phased by it either, which no, was really no. weird. Yeah. What would yeah. you do without me? Like <laughs> Um, I, I found this one really entertaining. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, Kyle, where does this, uh, this is also my number three. Okay. Um, I'm almost kind of curious why they gave this one the most screen time though. Um, I did find it obviously, you know, it's, it's more up there on the list out of the six, obviously, but, um, I don't know. It just seemed weird because I do have two more that I think if they were flushed out a little bit and had like more established actors at that time, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of surprised they didn't use them more. But um, the crate was cool. Uh, the creature design was – this goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like a fucking Scooby-Doo episode. It looks like an old 50s cartoon monster. Um, I dug that. Um Back to what you were saying, Brennan, before, I love the usage of the um, the dramatic lighting whenever something bad was happening, mm-hmm. uh, f- uh, f- changing from red to purple and all that kind of stuff. Um, my favorite scenes were when he was kind of daydreaming of killing his wife, um, but then it would snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. And um, <laughs> I just really liked those moments i thought they were really well done very romero too the way he filmed mm-hmm. those scenes very very george romero if you know him and uh yeah it was cool and like the gore was cool with the ripping of the like the shoulder blades and the face and the fucking i love when the one guy gets killed and gets dragged off camera back into the vents like it just had a lot of good imagery this one had probably the best imagery it just wasn't my favorite um yeah my number three nice that was very, very well spoken, I should say. Don't think. Um, Ian? This is my number three as well. Ooh. Oh, um, Reese's. <laughs> um, yeah, it was um, well, uh, not well acted, but I, I like the acting. Um, uh, the monster was interesting enough to make me wonder um, more about it. Like, I wanted to learn what were the origins of the creature and like why it was in that school under the stairs. Like it doesn't tell you anything about that. So I thought it was very interesting. Um, I think this one felt the most like out of place in, in some aspect. I feel like it was more mature than some of the others um, with the flashbacks that were like so extreme, like him shooting his wife and choking her out. Um, yeah. But overall I, I liked it. So two things I wanted to bring up and ask if you guys noticed. Um, one, when she goes down to the college, did you notice when she's reading the note, she pours whiskey into milk? No. No, but I was she, wondering why she was drinking the milk and she, taking it with her. But She pours a cup of milk, and then while she's reading the note, she pours whiskey into it. She then takes to the college with her. I mean, that's... Hell, that sounds like a old Kyle thing to do for sure, though. <laughs> but, so, Kyle, why do you have a glass of yeah. milk? Oh, no reason. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm pretty sure, shout out, by the way, to George Romero's wife, which was the 
uh, blonde at the party, the other teacher oh, that they were like trying to get her to drink. I'm pretty sure that's George Romero's wife. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Nice job, Georgie. Was George Romero the custodian? I honestly thought it was him. No. But I don't. no okay, no. it wasn't. Okay, okay, okay. He would have been um, pretty young at this point. So, okay. Yeah. Younger. Younger. But. Um, but the other thing is, did you guys notice what the crate said on it? It, it's, um, it's like Antarctica expedition or something, right? So it it mm-hmm. had a uh, it had a feminine first name and the last name was Carpenter, and then under it it said Antarctic exploration 1934. So, do you think what 1834? I thought it said 1934. Because no. guys, like if anything's in that crate, it's dead, especially because it's been 140 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So do you do you guys think that's an homage to the thing in some way? Honestly, yeah. That's the first reach where I can honestly <laughs> agree with you. Yes. That, yes. Is, that is a legitimate reach, Brendan. Um, okay. Antarctica, yeah. Carpenter, makes sense. Um, I could see that being an homage, yeah. I didn't put that together, but that makes sense. I'm going to take that W and I'm going to move on. Uh, my <laughs> number two, uh, they're creeping up on you. Uh, I loved this character. Um, I thought it was absolutely... I thought it was the right amount of over the top. Um, I feel like it's what Stephen King might have been trying to do with his performance and did not pull it off at well, but pull it off well. But this whole villainous stock uh, or finance bro, basically, that gets someone to commit suicide because he buys the uh, the majority shares in his um, in his company. I just think that it's like the perfect juxtaposition with the cockroaches that, that slowly start to in, infest his, his pristine clear white apartment. Um, I just, in the final shot of that with the roaches coming out of him, I think was the best effect of the film. Um, so yeah, I think I went with Kyle last time. So Ian, I'll start with you. So this is my number four and I thought this one was named Muscle Up, and I was very confused um, throughout the entire short. I was like, don't see the correlation there, but uh, I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, This one was the most boring for me up until the reveal, which I thought was the best. Um, It kind of seemed like very Junji Ito. um, And... Like his his kind of slow buildups to the uh, to the big reveal, and mm-hmm. I guess uh, all of these are except for the crate, um, but the reveal is it's it's the I think the best practical in my opinion. It's it's my favorite. Um, yeah, nice. Where was this? Yeah, Brandon. I'm sorry. Two, two. This is my number one. Oh, I was hoping we were going to share a number one. No, this was my number one. Um, this one was just weird enough and also um, the perfect length. I think that this one is, it reminds me a lot of George Romero's movie, The Amusement Park, where mm. there's some sort of like awkwardness and like, like, it's something you can't connect with. You can't tell if this is in the future or if this is in the past or if it's in the present. Like it's like, it's, it's weird. And um, I also think this one is probably the only of the films that 
has an like an underlying like metaphorical meaning to it um because george romero is very like prone to do that kind of stuff in his films and i think this one in particular as to what it means i don't know but um like it could mean something on the lines of like you know just corporate america and these people thinking that everybody you know that works for them or beneath them or is or just bugs roaches whatever it just i feel like there's more to this one than there really is and i think this has the dopest like like kill imagery at the end mm-hmm. with the roaches coming out of him. It looked fucked up. And I love the dialogue and the way this guy t- delivers his lines. Uh, some of the shit he says is actually kind of funny. And um, I think this is the best acting in the film as well. I think he does the best acting in the movie. And um, I also love the delivery and the exchange between him and the, uh, uh, I guess the janitor or Mr. White, um, Mr. White. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like I I love that the way that scene was filmed with the um like looking through the eyeglass and the mm-hmm. like the magnification of the mouse and stuff. I just think this is weird Romero and I like this one the best. Nice. Um okay, so on to my number one, which Ian, if I'm correct, that would make this your number one as this is also well. My number one. Yeah. We are talking about something to tide you over. You know I love a good pun. Ooh. And you he does, have he does, folks. you've got sure Leslie does. Nielsen playing a villain, which I don't know if he's ever actually really done before. Um, and you have Ted Handsome Dancing. Well, yes. So he's like mainly known for before like the, the airplane movies and the naked gun, like he was mainly known for playing villains and oh. like in his younger years, so it, but it, but it, I, I have not seen any of those films in his younger years, so this was new to me as well. I would love to see one of those movies that you're talking about because he he's in a plays, lot of them, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has like a whole career before, before he got old. True, yeah, true. Um, he, he plays this character so fucking well, and I feel like out of all of the stories, this one is kind of the most fucked up. I, I think just because of the psychological effect, the psychological torture of burying someone to their neck and letting the tide slowly come in. Um, Ian, since you said this is your number one, I want you to to kick it off. Uh, yeah, this one's fantastic. I love the zombie reveal. Um, the whole like uh, uh, tilted camera and the the mist and the uh, the lighting is just fantastic. Um, the acting equally um great uh ted danson and uh leslie nielsen are really great in this one um yeah i liked this one felt the most realistic uh, other than the zombies obviously but um and there was a really nice jeep in this it's hard to argue about the fucking quality of the jeep it was fantastic um yeah, this one's this one's just I think it has the best story and it's the best directed and um it's got a, a good soundtrack to it. Um yeah, this one overall is is I think the best quality. Uh so Kyle, that would make this number 2 for you. Number 2. All right. I feel about this one um similar to how I feel about Safe Haven in VHS2. It's almost the obvious choice to be people's <laughs> number ones, I think. And I mean that as a compliment to this. Like, I feel like it's deserving to be people's number ones for sure. It's got, um, 
I mean, two of the most liked actors at this time. Um, I just feel like it's the most safe until the end. Like, I feel like the whole uh, bearing the body thing was fine. Like, like it didn't get really interesting until he, like, sat the TV down in front of him. And that was really cool. I like that. Like, but I would have liked to have seen maybe, like, because he said he was recording it live. Like he said, like yeah, she's right down the beach, but it never shows her, and so I don't know. It was good, it was good, but um, it definitely had like I don't know, man. The the one that I picked for number one though was just weird Romero, and I just it kind of took the cake for me. This one didn't. I don't know. It was fine. It was fine. I kind of almost want to put it further down now, actually, now that I'm talking about it more. But I'm going to keep it in number two. But it was good. And their designs at the end were really, really cool. And his um, his acting is amazing. So, yeah, no, it's just – it's it's kind of hard to talk about it because it's obviously probably the big hit with everybody. Like, you could watch it and know why it's most people's number one. But I think that uh... – I think that besides a couple outliers, we all kind of felt a uh, fell in a similar in a similar ranking for these. Um, so that's interesting to see. But uh, I think uh, since we've been going at this for quite a bit, I think I'm going to jump right into final thoughts. If that's okay with you guys, see whatever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right so uh kyle uh your final thoughts and your rating oh, oh you already said if you would add it to your collection so okay so skip that part this is a george romero movie i haven't seen and it's a george romero movie i want to add to my collection um i think it's a fun movie that'll probably um grow on me with more views um i'm hoping it does because it was underwhelming especially going into it with like the reputation that it has and the praise it gets from a lot of people in the horror community as being like this um, kind of top shelf nostalgia flick. And I think for a lot of people that grew up with it, I can see how it could be very nostalgic for them. Um, I think maybe I missed the boat on this one. I think if I watched it at an earlier age, I would probably enjoy it more now this that's not to say that's like that with every horror movie, but this one in particular, I think would have that effect. Um, but I enjoyed it and I, I am going to own it um, and put it alongside my other George Merrim films. I'm going to give it a three and a half and a heart. Okay. Three and a half and a heart. All right. Ian. I want to mimic almost exactly what Kyle said. Um, this just missed the mark with me um, in terms of like age. I think I just, I I think I just had to be in a different mindset, like uh, with a group of people, maybe a little older, and like at night, and um, or if I lived in the eighties. Um, so. It was it was fine. It was it was entertaining enough. I think most of it's pretty boring, honestly. And I think do think it's overrated, but I'm glad people love it and it's one of their first like anthology films. Um yeah, I'm glad I'm glad for horror fans for loving this film, but um it's uh it's just okay for me. So I'm gonna give it a six. Three stars. 
Uh, three stars, yeah. Three Sorry. stars. That, that I, that I, uh, boy, that I for a second there I blanked. Um, heart? Did you say no heart? No heart. No heart. An X. An anti heart. Um, I I enjoy this movie. I what I've probably seen it at least ten times. Um, it's it's fun. Uh, five years ago I would have given it a four with a heart. Um. I want to give it a three and a heart, but I also have to take Ed Harris and uh, Ted Danson's chest hair into account. Um, and I actually, I enjoyed the crate more this time around than I have. I think any time previous to watching it, I'm not sure why, maybe because I finally understood that trope of uh, comedians hating their wives. Uh, so I am going to also give it a 3.5 and a heart which i think i'm gonna go to no heart though no heart okay yeah. changing to no heart so this movie yeah I'm getting a heart okay uh don't go breaking my heart that gives uh creep show an official red rum rating of that's a round down uh three stars and no heart i think that um i would give this episode a heart though because i think i enjoyed talking about it with you guys more than actually watching it <laughs> i, I think fully that's agree and i would tell anyone to listen to this episode rather than watching that movie um, <laughs> but now it's time to take our sponsor break before we play america's favorite podcast game just america's <laughs> The world, we'll uh, right in, in, at least 10 countries' favorite podcast game. You know what they all say. Fantasy football is like a box of chocolates. And I know you. You love fantasy football. And you love chocolates. Well, 25 Yards Later is a fantasy football podcast with top-notch analysis, earworm music, and plenty of laughs. Each week we dive deep into four games, putting every fantasy-relevant and occasionally fantasy-irrelevant player under a microscope block out all the haters with 25 yards later available wherever you get your podcasts but maybe not where you get your chocolates like blink 182 we are back damn how was that is that good is that good we're buying tickets they go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m i think i'm gonna get tickets too yeah dude we're stoked it is now time for the world's favorite podcast game. Is it fresh? Is it rotten? I don't know. Is it fresh? Uh, fresh or rotten? Oh, how how could you even describe this game? It's mm-hmm. it's almost indescribable. Right. Uh, it is. So if you guys don't know, if you guys don't know, <laughs> there's a website called Rotten Tomatoes, <clears throat> and they score their movies on an aggregate scale out of a hundred. Um, if a movie's above 60, it's fresh. If it's below 60, it is rotten. Uh, my host, my, my co-hosts will, uh, be read a description of a film. And based on that and the genre, uh, they will have to tell me if the film is fresh or rotten. If they get it correct, they move on to the next round. Uh, they move on to the next round uh, where they must guess the percentage of the audience score within 10 points. How was that? 
I feel like that was pretty good. That was solid, dude. Felt long as fuck, though. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> okay. Can you read it one um, more time? But can you do it in the acting of Stephen King in that short segment? He was. <laughs> Please don't. <God. laughs> oh, don't. Okay, I would. Yeah, don't. Um, don't. All right. Don't. So, uh, does the screen? Can you guys see? These I can numbers? see all your answers. Yeah. Okay, shit. Okay, I'm taking I'm kidding. <laughs> I can't see anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to tilt my head up then so that you guys can't see. All right, number one. Are you ready? Shit, damn, that's sick as fuck. Ready. Show that again. Holy fuck. Okay. Blanc Camp 3, District 9, Elysium, and Chappie. Dude, is that a steelbook? Is that a book? It's a book, dude, and it comes with like a bunch of shit. That like, is insane. Yeah. How much was it? All three movies. Ten dollars. Send link. Where? It's on, it's on Amazon. Like ten bucks, bro. I'm getting that right now. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Four filmmakers present four horrific tales of terror. In the box, a boy starts to display strange behaviors after looking inside a mysterious gift box. In the birthday party, a woman refuses to let an untimely death ruin her son's bash. In Don't Fall, an innocent camping trip turns deadly. And in Her Only Living Son, a mother must deal with the child from hell. Genre horror. Child from hell. Sounds like my ex-wife. I'm going <laughs> to go with Fresh. Can you repeat the first five words, please? That's all I need. Four filmmakers present four horrific. Mm. Quattro. I'm going to go run. Ian is correct with rotten. Guess the percentage. Um, guess the percentage. Guess the percentage. Um... Horror anthologies, especially new ones, which I think this is a new one, they usually don't do very well um, from what I've seen. So I'm going to go like 43. <laughs> 43. You are incorrect. This is 2017's XX with a critic score oh. of 69 and an audience score of 20. Uh, directed by Jov- Jovanka Vukovic, St. Vincent, Roxanne Benjamin, and Karen Kusama. XX. Just, in- just bought it right now. It's worth it. A live bot. Yeah, it looks worth it. Holy fuck. It's All a right. really, really cool case. Like, the whole the whole thing is a... It, it's neat. It's neat. Sorry, go ahead. I feel like we're ruining Frozen. We're not running. Well, you're just not playing along. It's fine. Um, <laughs> you just got a point. Got a point. Interlocking, interlocking tales of highway terror revolve around malevolent spirits at a truck stop, a mysterious traveler, a car accident, and a home invasion. Genre horror mystery thriller. Brandon, oh, you sound like is... the fun was taken out of your sails. <laughs> I need you to read the descriptions with more pep, please. And um, I'm going to say... I know exactly what this is. I'm going to let you guess first. Yes, I I was going to say... I'm going to say fresh. I'm also going to say fresh. 
two freshes. Where is it? Brendan doesn't like this movie. You guys oh. are both incorrect. Damn it. it. You do know what this is. 2015's Southbound with an mm. audience score, a critic score of 81, an audience score of 50. With, uh, directed like by... Directed by Roxanne Benjamin from XX, um, David Bruckner from uh, uh, Hulu Hellraiser, uh, Patrick Horvath, I don't know who that is, and Radio Silence, who did uh, Scream 5. Who ruined the Scream franchise, am I right? Just kidding. It's Brennan's favorite movie. Um, Five out of five. That's Halloween Kills. Better than the original Scream. Go ahead. Uh, number three. Okay, so we're sitting Ian one, Kyle zero. Sheesh. Are you ready for number three? It's still anyone's game. Just running with it. That's true. Um, a police chase through the streets of Los Angeles inspires dozens of fame-obsessed teens to try to capture the salacious footage, but they are unaware that they will face their own deaths as stars of the next video sensation genre horror. I know what this is, but I haven't seen it. But I know stars it's bad. It's got to be. Or actually, I don't know. Sensation? I'm going to say. like a Blumhouse film, so I'm going to go rotten. I think I know what it is, and I'm pretty sure it's rotten. You are both correct. It is rotten. Guess the percentage. <sighs> This is where I tie it up right here. So let me see. Um, I'm going to go 25. That's a good guess, bro. Because I know what it is, and I feel like that's a good guess based on what I it is. I don't know what it is. I'm surprised, you, I'm surprised you don't. You say you're a big fan of the series. Um, is it gonna, No. It's, I'm going to say... Dude, 25 is a great guess. I, I'm going to say 20. 29. 29. It's probably lower on a series. Well, Kyle, you should have kept it at 20 because you are both incorrect. It is 2014's VHS Viral with a critic score of 33 and an audience score of 13. I knew it was going to be low. I I knew the premise, but I have not ever seen the movie. It sounded like it was... Like 15, 16, 14. Damn it, I should I knew it was in the teens. I knew it was in the teens. It is now Ian 2, Kyle 1. Still anybody's game. All right, I probably shouldn't have put a cough drop in my mouth because the mic is going to pick everything up, so I'm going to spit that back out. Um, Mental. Come. Uh, <laughs> n- number four. <laughs> Crystallized come. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. This is a this is a very uh, uh quick and quick and dirty um description. Seven like filmmakers it. present like... seven terrifying and comedic tales of horror. It's like Kyle's ex-wife. Sorry. <laughs> I well played. Can you repeat the summary please? <laughs> yeah. Seven filmmakers present seven terrifying and comedic tales of horror. Comedic tales of horror. Comedic. Uh, can I get the genre? Can I get the genre, please? Horror comedy. We're at 120 or an hour and 25 minutes. Comedy. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. That's why I didn't bring up Batman. That's why I didn't bring up Batman. Um, 
I'm going to go run. Okay, so I have to go opposite. I was waiting for him to guess because there's no other way for me to win. So I'm going to go fresh. Yeah, you can get the, get the percentage. Kyle is correct. Ow! Guess the percentage. Wait, is it 2-2 two, two now? It is 2-3. Two, two, three. Three. Two, two. So um, it's easier if you, if you go, f- if it's in the fresh, because there's only 40%. Well, to, you made the first it. mistake of all fresher hot episodes when you went against going fresh on a comedy horror but um i'm gonna go with um 65 percent well it's a good thing that i picked a fifth movie because we are still tied it is 2019's (laughs) scare package with scare package the shutter movie yes um what i call my wiener uh (laughs) with a a critic and audience score of 81 percent cool all right this is the tiebreaker if no one wins this uh no we're going for another one um (laughs) i'm laughing at my own joke i'm so dumb (laughs) go ahead Interwoven stories demonstrate that some traditions are best not forgotten as the residents of a small town faced face real ghosts and goblins on Halloween. Tales of terror reveal the consequences of extinguishing a jack-o'-lantern before midnight and a grumpy hermit's encounter with a sinister trick-or-treater. So people like this film. Mm-hmm. Fans like this film. I'm going to go Genre fresh. horror mystery thriller. Fresh as well. You were both correct. Guess the percentage. This is where it's good. This is where it's good to make or break. I'm going to go 75. It's a great guess. It's a great guess, man. Thank you. It's a great fucking guess. I am going to go. Fuck. I don't know if it's higher or lower. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go. Seventy. You are both awarded another point. It is 2007's Trick or Treat with an audience, a critic score of 81 and an audience score of 71. Ooh, I almost got the second point. You almost well, did. Well, you would have well. fucking clutched it. So that means that the but game is tied. Oh, is it? We just yeah. ended in a tie. Game oh, okay. is tied. Fair enough. So are we Almost doing Brennan no one gets a point? Uh, what? No, we're going both points. All right, Brendan. We got to try to keep up with you. So calm, calm down. Do, do you want me to this get guy. one more movie for a last tiebreaker or have no, we gone long enough? We're at an hour and 30. <laughs> Probably just diet. My computer's almost dead. Well, okay. well, this Plug it has in. been... Yeah. It's in the other room. <laughs> okay. Um, this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. The beheaded birthday cake of the Ruminations Radio Network. I have been your host, Brendan the New Blood, and with me, as always, is Ian, the ghost of Ian with two E's. Hey, everyone. Including Michael. We lost a uh, real artist this week. R.I.P. Coolio. Everyone listen to Gangster's Paradise on your way to work. 
and just think think about how hard that song goes. Just think. Okay. And also with us is Kyle. Would Go look at Ian's letterbox so you can realize how much of a um uh, a poser Batman fan in Batman fan he is with that uh, Batman Returns right <laughs> in a nice middle finger to send us off stay folks how often do you guys wash your towels this is a when they okay, start so this to smell very musty. no hold on there's more to this than that this is a very um, hot topic in the Vanderstay household Mm. because um, John thinks I wash my towels too much. Or, I, like, I, I, I change my towels that I use for my bath too much. Mm-hmm. Um, she will keep one towel and use it for, like, seven or eight days. Same. Okay. I, personally, think that's way too long. Um, it just gets mildewy. It gets musty. Plus, you're, you're, you're constantly wiping up. Like, I know that you're coming out of the shower, and clean. it's clean. I get that. But it's still taking use. It's collecting things while it's wet from the air. You know what? Three, four days tops. I know that sounds excessive, but I honestly do. I change my towel every, like, three to four days. Like, if, if I don't shit in my underwear on Monday, I'll still probably wear them on Tuesday. Like, if it's you your underwear? You're the same in that respect, for sure. I change my underwear every day. Every day. I just swamp ass yeah. every day. I change my underwear every day as well. I don't. But as for towels, it's <laughs> wash them like like once every two months. Okay, okay but that's washing bad. them. That's bad. On. Washing them, or are you saying like the one Wait, you use? Like you use the same like, one? Use the same one. <laughs> that that's is fucking gross. Excessive. <laughs> or like up until <laughs> or like up until it gets like smelly. <laughs> no way, bro. Yeah, you gotta change that. You gotta change that. You gotta change that. Oh my goodness. You gotta change that. And take it from me, like, if Brendan is saying that's nasty, the guy guy who shits his pants and never changes his underwear, like, if that guy's telling you it's nasty. Oh my god. It's nasty. Trust me. I was really hoping I would have someone like me out of you guys, but. For the record, I said, if I don't shit my pants, I'll, I'll wear them again. By the Holy way, we're keeping this whole thing in. Fuck it. Holy shit. Oh, my God. We're keeping this whole thing in.